At La Hart Skoda Kilkenny, we have 0% PCP finance on a range of models of new Skodas for 212. Yes, that's 0% for a limited time only. With service plans from 12.99 per month, now is the time to order your new 212 Skoda at La Hart's. Visit laharts.ie or call 056 704 700 to find out more about our great offers. Finance provided by Skoda Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply. With a look back over the weekend sport action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Eddie Scully. And you're very welcome to this week's edition of Full Time with myself, Eddie Scally, in the hot seat. Look, coming up on tonight's show, we're going to look back on the Irish Derby weekend, which was held in the Curra and had a pilot crowd attending it. We're going to look back at some of the hurling championship matches that were played over the weekend in the Leinster Championship getting off. And we're going to speak to DJ Carey ahead of the Irish Open at Mount Juliet and more importantly, the Pro-Am that will be taking place on Wednesday. But first, we're going to look back on Carlo's county team's weekend. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Willie Quinlan. Willie, good evening. Good evening, Eddie. How are you? Uh, very good, thanks, Woody, and yourself? Not too bad, no. A little bit hoarse, I suppose, after the weekend, but uh, that's to be expected. Yeah, it was a, it was a mixed bag for Carlo. I, I, I just want to start off by just talking about the, the Mouse Cavan injury. That was a massive blow for the Carlo Hurling team. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, like Any time Mouse plays, he, he's worth eight or nine points, even. even more. He's an incredible player. He's just so... He's so quick. His free-taking is incredible. And... Uh, he was definitely missed on, on Saturday or Saturday evening there. So, they'll, I, I'm not sure his injury. I think is he could be gone for a couple of months. It's a knee injury, so they'll just have to, I suppose, ping along without him. But it's it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, no, and, and you're 100 percent right. Like Mouse, he's, he's just a gifted player, and you know everybody here in Casey Law and, and everybody in the wider GEA community just wishes him the best in a, in a speedy recovery. Um, you know, it is it is a savage blow for the team. But in fairness to the hurlers, they they got over the line up in Kildare, which would have been a, a, a tough test for them. Yeah, Kildare definitely after definitely after improving the last couple of years, there I suppose the physicality, their fitness levels are, are huge as well. But uh, Carlo had a, the last two games the league there really stood to them. The had a great game against Kerry, done really well, put up some great scores, and um, you, you could see that they were always that you know a point or two ahead. And uh, Kildare actually got a great start, got off to a couple of points ahead, but Carlo clawed the way back. And um, I suppose you know it, it, it's great to get the, the first out and get it over with, get the the first win, and that, that's what it's all about. Moving on to the next uh, next round of the championship. This is it, and all roads lead to uh, Westmead coming into town next weekend, and, and and obviously a win there will progress them nicely into the into the next round of that. Yeah, and that won't be easy because in, I know Westmead have taken a, a couple of hammers in the in the top tier after playing, I suppose, the likes of Kilkenny and the likes of the Wexfords and, and the Galways and them teams. But it, it should stand them, you know, fitness, physicality, and um, the, the time on the ball because it, it is played at obviously a higher level quicker pace so Westmead definitely won't be easy it'll be a tough game for Carlo and and staying with the positives there uh, the, the, the the Carlo Miners had a, had a brilliant win at the weekend over Wicklow yeah yeah and absolutely uh, I actually couldn't see it happening because I, I, I go to all the all the training and all the practice matches and the own fella Ronan is, is playing corner forward on it and I've seen them playing against Leash and they just I don't know whether it was it was their first game but they just looked out of their depth and they didn't look like they were gelling together a little bit better. They played awfully in a practice match, and that looked a little bit better. Um, uh, probably, I think they won by two or three points. But they really came out of the blocks on Saturday morning at 12, 12 o'clock, Netwatch Cullen Park, uh, flying. They ended up, I think, there were nine points going in at, at half time. But the game kind kind of kind of swung because after two minutes into the se- second half, Ronan, uh, my own fella, got a black card, 
and that, that put him down to 14 men uh, for, for 10 minutes and that kind of the momentum came back with Wicklow and in, in fairness they dug in and dug deep and uh, they're probably six or seven points the better team but only one by two in the end missed a couple of chances uh, could have got another maybe one or two goals but definitely uh, very positive for um, Damien McMahon and, and uh, the minor team and it's Kildare up next for them that'll be a, a fairly tough task as well yeah Kildare obviously Kildare probably in the top four in, in Leinster you're looking at Dublin Kildare Mead and Offaly I think uh, probably up there as well you know Leash not, not too bad so it's going to be a, a really tough match um, they're, they're away as well I think the matches in Newbridge but listen they haven't won a minor first round of minor championship in four years so that that's a positive note and it it, um, it brings confidence and, and a bit of confidence to the young lads going forward anything can happen at that age under 17 a team gets a run on a team gets a couple of scores team goes down maybe gets a black card maybe gets a red card so anything can happen but you'd have to say Kildare will be the next maybe two or three steps up that they'll have to make that step up if they're going to succeed in Newbridge in two weeks time Yeah no definitely there will be formidable opposition there I mean they have a huge population in Kildare and it's a big footballing county too so big challenge ahead for the lads and hopefully they'll give a great account to themselves and best of luck to them with that unfortunately I suppose the last team we'll touch on it's um, you know, a disappointing defeat yesterday for Niall Cruz charges there against Longford uh, in the Senior Football Championship. Yeah, very, very disappointing. I think we were probably going down with more optimism and, and hope than, you know, because Longford are, are a tough physical team. Uh, two very good midfielders. Uh, that Darren Gallagher kicked four points, three frees and a, and a point, from, point from play. And just the engine, Kevin Diffley was the same, the engine on them two guys... They never stopped running for the 70 minutes. They're, it seemed like at times it looked like a Division 1 team against a Division 4 team, and I know we are Division 4. Um, I think until the second half, we definitely didn't play for the first 35 minutes. We came out in the second half, made a couple of changes, started running at, at Longford, got the first three or four points, but Longford uh, quickly settled down, got a couple of their own scores, and really they kicked 25 points, 22 of those from play. Uh, their, their inside line, Robbie, Robbie Smith, uh, Joseph uh, Hagen and, and Reem Brady kicked 12 points between them. I think Smith kicked six, the full forward uh, Hagen kicked one and Brady kicked five. I mean, that's all from play. So to have such sharp shooters, but we were kind of dependent on Dara Foley in the first half. He kicked a couple of frees. Uh, Chris Blake kicked three points. Uh, Broderick came on and kicked, uh, got a great goal and, and kicked... Uh, three points from freeze as well but they were so far ahead I mean they were nine points ahead at one stage we got it back to seven I think we got it back to maybe three at once we had a couple of goal chances and just just didn't take them we ended up getting two goals but they I mean 25 scores 22 from play is just uh, it's an incredible scoreline they probably win a lot of hurling games never mind um, football games so it was always going to be difficult but if you don't play at this level for 70 minutes or at least 60 minutes of the 70 you're going to find it uh, hugely difficult to win any game and you know Longford were the better team by far um, I suppose it's a difficult afternoon for Carlo they never they never stopped trying they never gave in they kept going working 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 but it just wasn't to be Longford were able to get the scores where we weren't they found the space as I said a full forward lane found space all over the field no matter where they went and uh, the better team won on the day 
yeah sometimes unfortunately you do uh, you know you do have to come up against teams that are a little bit stronger than us but in general the footballer season is over now uh, Willie you'd look back on the season and say that there's you know there's there's improvements there there's 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 hope there it's, you, you'd be happy enough where the footballers are they're improving yeah, definitely. I mean, we were we were a game away from getting to Division Division Three. Long Loud actually beat us um, in in the playoffs in Dr. Cullen Park, and Loud that day were exceptional as well. And um, they uh, probably their, their spine, the two midfielders, Mulroy, the centre forward, and the, and their full forward were just outstanding on the day. We just couldn't we just couldn't live with their pace and the physicality, and that's something I suppose we're going to have to look at in in the future is pace and definitely physicality because we seem to be we're definitely on the right track we're definitely making progress but it's something our physical presence doesn't seem to be as big and as strong as other county teams at the minute we've a lot of youth coming along there as well um, I suppose Mikey Bambrick and uh, Josh Moore is only a young chap as well Liam Roberts they're, they're small guys Shawnee Bambrick is the same so it's the physical physicality we need to find that physicality in the middle uh, Jordan Morrissey pushed into the middle in the second half and great fielder of the ball and a good carrier of the ball as well but possibly we're maybe short one or one or two maybe three or four players that we need to find in our own championship in the next next six or seven months going forward maybe into next year and it's something I'm sure the boys uh, Niall Carood and them boys will Joe Brennan will be having a look at uh, our own championship and see can they bring along maybe some of the under 20s or some uh, senior guys that maybe haven't come in already because it's it's gone the game has gone that teams have gone so big so strong so physical that it's very difficult to match it unless um, if you look at the likes of Dublin and, and Kerry they have probably 25 physically I suppose big and strong and fast guys that it's difficult to match those teams but um, the big thing would be next year I suppose to get out of Division 4 and play at a higher level into Division 3 and that you know will push them on maybe to the next level No, fingers crossed Willie thanks a million for taking my call this evening congratulations to the Carroll Miners with their great win over Wicklow and best of luck to Tom and Addy's charges next weekend against Westmead thanks a million for taking the call Willie lovely that is of course that is of course Willie Quinlan from Carroll GA we're going to take a quick ad break there Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. LaHartzVolkswagen.ie. And you're very welcome back to full time on KCLR. Myself, Eddie Scally. I'm driving Owen Carey bananas over there. He's going to end up killing me by the end of the show. So if I don't get home safe, somebody call to Owen Carey's house and see if my body is buried there. Joining me on the line right now is, of course, Eddie Doyle for our recap on the hurling from the weekend. Eddie, good evening. Good evening, Eddie. How are you? Very good, thanks. And yourself? Yeah, yeah. All good. Good man. Eddie, we're going to just... I've literally been speaking to Willie Quinlan about the Kildare-Carlo game. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a great win for, for Carlo in it, so we won't go back over that. There's there, there's no need to discuss it, but it is a big win for Tom O'Lally's team, especially with that killer blow losing uh, Mouse Cavanagh earlier in the week to a knee injury. Yeah. Um, but the first game I want to just talk to you about is uh, Wexford versus Leash. Massive scoreline. 531 to 123. Yeah, really, yeah. Big scoreline. Massive scoring by Wexford, yeah. 5-31. Most games you play, wouldn't it? And, like, taking that game on its own merits, you know, Wexford, fair juice to them they've, they've, to put up a cricket score of 5-31. You know, would you have major questions about how they managed to concede a goal in 23 points? Definitely. They conceded that, and to be honest, Wexford did very well to score the 5.31 but as you say the conceders 1.23 and 
to be fair, I think Leash were, were very, very poor on the day as well. So um, it's a little bit of a gloss on it for me uh, with the big scores. I think Wexford have a little bit more to do. And just just on that game as well, um, you know, like Wexford themselves, you know, continue to play a kind of a short game, working the puck outs out the field. Uh, I spoke to Eddie Brennan earlier today and he kind of suggested, you know, that it was very late in the game when Wexford started burying them goals and whatnot. But like Wexford are up against Kilkenny next week. You know, have you seen stuff that make you worry about Wexford? Yeah, you mentioned the Wexford Puck austerity. Um, like, Leash, uh, they just sat back. Like, Wexford, whether it be a puck out or a clearance that they come out with, they ran up the field to the, to the 45 metre line and well, Leash were nowhere to be seen. And at times they got to the 65 without being, without being challenged. So, like, if you're going to concede ground and if you're going to concede puck outs, like, you're not going to get a result. It's, it's simple as that. Like, Wexford, I don't know what they scored uh, from out the field, but they scored points from behind round 65 and maybe maybe only had one tackle to do at that stage. Like they carried the ball out to the 45 other poles nearly on all the focus when they came out. And like I say, got to the 65 and maybe only had to walk the ball, say that 20 metres and maybe one or two tackles in that and to, to take shots. And they were leash in fairness the last couple of years they made great strides and all that. But definitely, you know, that you have to contest focus, you have to contest every ball, no matter what age, no matter what grade it is. If you're going to give teams quality teams or any kind of a team the ball in your hand and let them have it but, you're in for hardship but this is a leash team that beat Dublin in a championship a couple of years ago ran Tipperary quite close till they got a couple of red cards I think they ended up losing by about 10 points and they've been absolutely murdered have they gone that far back have Wexford improved or you know is it just a freak well, result yeah well you mentioned I don't think it was a freak result you mentioned um, Eddie Brennan you said we're talking earlier on like the leash team now it's not for anyone outside the leash really to comment on it. Like, you know, is the leash team now better than what it was? They're definitely playing different than the, what, what they were back then with Eddie Brennan. I mean, if it was me, I'd be more of the that style that Eddie Brennan had. Uh, you know, they might have won all Ireland, but they definitely progressed under Eddie Brennan. They contested games, never mind just individual bits of the game. But at the minute, if you're going to concede ground on, on a, on a hurling field, yeah, I think you may forget about it, to be honest, Eddie. And then, like, the other game that was on at the weekend was Dublin against Antrim, and it was another massive scoreline. Three goals and 31 points to 22 points. It was a massive scoreline, yeah. And in fairness, I think, you know, we're, we're on one hand then saying, like, you know, Wexford, big score again, Leeds, and that Leeds for poor. Dublin, a big score against Antrim. But in fairness, I think you have to really look at where Antrim came from this year. I think Antrim, Antrim are after having a great year so far. Yes, they got beaten by Dublin. Might have expected. I might have thought themselves in their own camp. They might have got a little bit more out of the game than they did. But though definitely, I think Antrim had a good year. And, and um, I, I don't think that result really will define their year, if, if that makes sense. Um, I know they're under pressure now again in their next match. Again, Leash. But, you know, you can't really fancy him to, to win that. But... No, definitely, I, I think Antrim are definitely going the right direction, where I think Leash are going the wrong direction for me anyway, definitely. But if, 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 you, if, you, if you say Antrim are going in the right direction, like just on the bare stat, they've been beaten by 16 points by Dublin. This is an Antrim team that a couple of weeks ago almost drew with Wexford, uh, or did draw with Wexford, I think, in, in Antrim and were probably Wexford. robbed. They ran Kilkenny quite close in Nolan Park to a point, um, and, and, and then they go out in the first round of the championship and get beaten by 16 points. Yeah, but maybe they were a little bit more ahead in their development this year, or their pro, you know, their preparations. Maybe they saw the league as something to target and really kind of get going. And maybe they just are a little bit ahead of other teams. 
Um, you mentioned the Wexford Leash game. Maybe that was a freak. Maybe the Dublin Antrim game. Maybe that was a freak result. Maybe Antrim are surprised that they were so far behind Dublin. Um, Dublin obviously going under pressure again against Scotland next week. But yeah, look, I, I think Antrim definitely going in the right way, going in the right direction. They conceded three thirty one, which is not good. But I think definitely Antrim will go in the right direction. So we've Antrim and Leash coming up next weekend or, or the weekend after. I think in 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 the in the relegation, as I'll call it, uh, the relegation playoff there. And who would you, you you fancy Antrim to come out on top in that game? Yeah, I, I think it has that. Like for me, the most interesting part about that game, I, look, I, I can't wait to see how Leash set up and how they play. Will they do exactly what they done the last day against Wexford? I don't think they will. Um, you can see ground like that. Um, but I do think I'd I, I fancy Antrim in that game I definitely would yeah. and then looking ahead to, to next weekend's games just just you know very quickly we'll touch over them there I've seen a tweet coming in from Leinster GEA yeah, I don't know if it's true you might confirm that that 8,000 spectators will be allowed into Crow Park to watch the two games I can't confirm but I did hear earlier today as well yeah uh, so that, that might be allowed <coughs> yeah it looks likely so you've got Dublin versus Galway at 2pm first of all in Crow Park followed by Kilkenny and Wexford at 4.30pm um, are you expecting in the Dublin Galway game you're expecting no surprises there? Um, no to be honest I think uh, I think we've had to <coughs> excuse me I think we've had to go against Galway um, great firepower there and interesting to see whether they get a goal or two in the game but they definitely put up a big point tally anyway, I'd imagine and then into the Kilkenny Wexford game, um, I, I've no doubt by by your tone and your demeanour and the way you're speaking. Anyway, I know the results you're expecting there, but what way do you expect Kilkenny to set up? I actually don't know. Um, Kilkenny, like it, Brian Cody's around for for doing his own team, concentrating on his own team, and obviously has had great great success. The last few years, not so much success. We're playing Wexford, who are a very tactical team. I think if we go one dimension and just poke, uh, poke out, just poke a uh, long ball down top, top of Wexford, I think we're playing into their hands. So I think we'll have to be a little bit more tactical. I think we'll have to play a couple of short balls throughout the game, and the game will develop and we'll see then. But I do think Kilkenny will have to be a little bit more tactical than they have been over the last few years. And predicted a result on that game there, Kilkenny by five or six points? I take that, yeah. And then into the the last game that I'm going to just talk to you about very briefly is the we had Waterford versus Clare yesterday in the in the hurling championship. One contentious, well, I don't know if it was contentious myself now, and I've had this conversation twice already today. The Tony Kelly penalty, um, obviously he took the penalty, he wasn't fouled for it, but did you, did you see the incident? Number one, um, referee brought it back, gave a penalty for it. Seemed a little bit harsh. Yeah, the. I was watching it and I was watching it as well uh, and like uh, half time and after the game so I think yeah there was definitely a free there was definitely a pull early on and I think I don't think he played advantage then but then he gave and that was outside of that was am I right in saying that's outside of 20 yeah. it was definitely outside the parallelogram but then when the play continued and he blew he gave the penalty which was inside but I know we have the, the privilege of looking back over time and time again I don't think there was a foul in that no, maybe the referee did, and I actually didn't see they were nearly calling on the referee to come out and speak after the game and to clarify his point and all that. Um, but I didn't, I, I, I didn't see anything in it when it was analysed and when we could see it three or four times after. I didn't see anything in the second one. Definitely there was a wild pull at first, and that was a free, but I don't know if the penalty was a penalty. And as one of the founding members of the Cornerback Union of Ireland, uh, Eddie, would, is this something that cornerbacks are going to be watching uh, and thinking to themselves ahead of next weekend's round of games that 
the referees are really clamping down because that's that's one of the fouls that they've discussed the cynical foul that you know preventing a goal scoring opportunity penalty is this something the cornerbacks are going to be thinking about all week before they go out and play championship hurling at the weekend I don't think you can really concentrate like obviously they'll be aware of it and they'll, they'll have spoken about it even among themselves and no matter you know anyone any defender will will talk about it whether it's something that's thrilled into my friend, I doubt it. You know, you're safe, Eddie. Really, if you know, if you say you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. Like, no, don't press the red button. What's the first thing you do is press the red button. So, if I look at I, I, cornerbacks, especially at that level or any back, you're going like there. Obviously, a certain ability there, you know, a certain intelligence there. You know, you, you're going to have to play the game as it comes. And look, at you're just going to have, look. It's never, it's never changed. It never will change. Just get out and win your own ball first. And, and deal with whatever happens after that. I think that's the way it is. And if there's a man bearing down on goal, I think cornerbacks will pull him down again. And when we spoke, we spoke to each other last week, and I've been speaking to you regularly about this. There's been a massive amount of of questioning, complaining, whinging, moaning. Everything I can read and hear about is telling me the game of hurling is is changing. It's not the way it used to be. There's too many frees. There's too many stoppages. You know, it's it's you know all of these things are all being cycling over the last couple of weeks. Have you seen that starting to level out a small bit? That it's 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 drifting back to the hurling that you love, or is it still the same? Too many stoppages. I know yesterday's game between Waterford and Clare was quite poor to watch. Yeah, well, um, I think, well, at the start of every year, nearly, you can kind of see, uh, you know, after a few games, you'll, you'll kind of see the referees are clamping down on something. Obviously, they've been instructed. And this year is probably no different. They're probably told to, to, to clamp down as well on, on things like overcarrying and stuff like that. But as regards to, the, like, the, you know, the the game itself, I, I think, and, you know, you don't want to say the game is changing if you're, you know, if you're a real diehard GM and you don't want to say the game is changing. But it obviously is changing. If you look at the likes of Leash yesterday, like that was like a, a basketball team. Once the the ball, once there was a basket scored or whatever, the basketball team retreats out. That was the way it was with Leash yesterday. So there is teams. Hurling is changing, whether you like it or not. Definitely, is the way it's been refereed. Is that dictating the way that it's been um, that the game has changed? I don't think it is. I think I think the referees have a very hard job. There's so much rooks now. There's so much, you know. Um, the ball has held up so much. I think there's so much tackling going on. It's very hard for a referee to referee again now. So they are going to try to clamp down on certain things. I'd love to see, even again, tackles defined and in a rule book exactly what a tackle is and what is and isn't allowed and what exactly briefs the referees are working on after the minute. Because if you look into a rook, you can definitely see five, six, seven, eight, ten fouls nearly in every rook that you see. And then there's, then there's a whistle blowing and you're waiting nearly to see what way the referee is giving the free like. No, they don't have it easy, Ed. And there is a place you can find out all them rules. It's called the GEA Rulebook. <laughs> so, Eddie, thanks a million for taking the call this evening. I look forward to talking to you next weekend after hopefully uh, a big Kilkenny win in Crow Park. And it'll be great to see 8,000 spectators up in Crow Park if that does transpire. So, thanks a million for taking the call, Ed. That is, of course, Eddie Doyle, who's talking to us all things hurling from the weekend just gone. And we're going to take another ad break there before Owen chokes me. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. And you're very welcome back to Full Time with myself, Eddie Scally, in the hot seat. This weekend, of course, just gone, we had the biggest uh, meeting of the year for the flat racing calendar in Ireland in the Curra in the Dubai Duty Free Irish Derby meeting. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Chief Executive of Horse Race in Ireland, Mr. Brian Cavanagh. Brian, good evening. Good evening, Eddie. 
Brian, it was a, a massive weekend for flat racing in, in in Ireland, and it was you know it, it, it was it was it was a brilliant race. Um, you must have been thrilled with the whole weekend as a whole. Yeah, it was a, obviously the Derby is an important uh, meeting uh, every year, uh, and uh, this year more than ever because it was a, a trial meeting for the return of spectators to race meetings. So uh, that was really important. So yeah, the racing was really exciting over the weekend. Uh, great winner of the big race, uh, fantastic contest between two good horses in the last furlong and uh, great to see people back uh, albeit in small numbers enjoying the races and just just on the test case itself Brian I know we're all in a very precarious position and and, and it's very it's very hard really for, for anybody involved in, a, in any sports be it the GEA or hurling or, 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 or soccer or, or horse racing it's you know it's a, it's a small approach that we've been taking but there was a thousand spectators left into the Curra at the weekend as a trial you know, did you learn much from the event? How, how did it work from an operational point of view? Yeah, it, w- it went fine from an operational point of view. Now, the, the weather gods were kind, uh, and it was a fine day, it was a dry day, so that, that helped a lot. But uh, as you know, Eddie, more than anyone, the racing has been sort of operating effectively behind closed doors since June the 8th last year. So in that time, we've, uh, we've, we've operated over 420 uh, meetings safely. There hasn't been a single COVID incident arising at a race meeting. These are big, as you know, outdoor spaces. Uh, they're all outdoor events. Uh, plenty of fresh air, plenty of wide open spaces. So to, to, to graft a thousand spectators in a place as big as the Curra onto those protocols wasn't uh, a huge challenge. But I'm delighted to say that, the, you know, it went well. The segregation of the sort of participants, the players, the, the jockeys, the trainers from the public uh, went fine. Everyone registered in advance, uh, you know, uh, full contact tracing uh, available after the event and there was great compliance with the rules you know, uh, mask wearing was compulsory uh, people didn't mind that uh, and social distancing was good so plenty of learnings you know, but it was a small crowd and you know, the, 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 the food and beverage uh, offerings were limited uh, betting facilities were, 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 were limited as well and as we scale up we'll need to get uh, uh, more active in those areas but um, as a first step, we couldn't have been more happy with it. And just just when I was on Twitter this morning, I seen a tweet going out from Galway Racecourse to say that they're in consultation with yourselves, um, looking at uh, hopefully five thousand being allowed in for each day at a Galway festival. Now, when I seen the tweet, I thought it was quite ambitious, but I've just seen a tweet there now from Leinster GEA saying that eight thousand are allowed into Crow Park um, at the weekend. Yeah. So, I'm thinking five thousand in Galway might be a bit more realistic now. Well, yeah, we, we've submitted a proposal to government. Uh, you know, 8,000 is, is 10% of the capacity of Oak Park and 5,000 is just over 10% of the capacity of Galway. I think their they're, they're biggest day, they, they get a crowd of 45,000 people there, albeit with all their facilities in operation. Uh, so we, you know, we're very grateful to get the Curra designated as a trial and, you know, we were told, you know, get that uh, run successfully, let's see what the findings of it are, are out of that and then, Let's look at the situation for July and August uh, beyond that. So, you know, uh, depending on what the announcement is tomorrow, I think generally outdoor gatherings will, will, are scheduled to go up to 500 persons from next Monday. Uh, and we've specifically requested a number of meetings, the likes of the Galway Festival, the Oaks of the Curra, some of the Leprechaun Thursday meetings, uh, to have extra numbers, again, to allow further trials, uh, hopefully in advance of a broader reopening in August. Uh, that certainly was the the government's plan and indication prior to the Delta variant uh, uh, complicating matters last week. And we're all mindful of the, the need to be vigilant in this area, but 
uh, that was a great boost to see that that message from from the Leinster GAA. There's a uh, there'll be 8,000 people that are hurling at the weekend that's brilliant and as a, as a target I suppose the, the last big flat meeting of the season is is the Irish Champions weekend it's, it's a very very important weekend in, in, in Irish racing and I know it's it's not in its infancy anymore it is a, a race meeting that's pr- produced brilliant winners and brilliant racing is that a is that a fixture that in the back of your mind Brian that you're kind of hoping you know if I asked you to put a target on that what, 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 what would your aim be for Irish Champions weekend? Yeah, not just that, but the Listowel Festival, which happens the same week, which is a which, which is a major race meeting uh, as well. And we'd be hoping that you know, uh, as we prove our, our our credentials and the ability to run these meetings, and as the vaccination program rolls out, we can get back uh, more close to normal figures. So you know, the capacity in in those uh, at those meetings is fifteen, sixteen thousand people. I'm not saying we have that number of people there, but you'd like to get as close as possible uh, to it. I think racing is ideally suited. Uh, to this type of activity uh, because of the reason I've given you. They're, they're big, wide-open spaces. People in racing actually are quite used to rules and regulations and, and have observed them quite well. Um, so hopefully as the vaccination rolls out, uh, you know, and the country starts to get back to more normality, we can we can get more people back at the races. We need them. I mean, it was, it was wonderful just to see people there at the weekend racing. You know, most people that you meet at meetings uh, for the last 12 months, they've been there for a working reason. They've been there, you know, maybe uh, focused on what they're doing. Uh, wonderful to have some people just there to enjoy themselves, you know, which was missing over the last year. And did it, did it, did it, did it create an atmosphere, Brian? I wasn't there myself, and I did wonder, would a thousand people create an atmosphere in a venue the size of the Curra? It did. It was amazing, uh, Eddie, because uh, I had the same fear myself that it's, uh, uh, you, you know, that it wouldn't. But they were, they were the, the, the public were congregated down to a particular part of the race course, uh, you know, so there was... Quite a concentration there, good mu- you know, music and, and food and beverage. But uh, really when it came home to me was when Frankie Story hit the front two out in the derby and went three or four lengths clear. There was a genuine, I won't say the roof was, was lifted, but there was a genuine roar from the crowd. Uh, you know, the traditional roar that you would expect when a, a, a horse that people have backed is, uh, looks like it might win. Uh, so fantastic atmosphere. And people came to enjoy themselves. There was There was a good buzz around the place. People were you know, uh, uh, well-dressed up and, and, and really there to enjoy it. It was like, I, I said, you know, this famous video of the cattle being released out of the shed at the end of winter. It, it, it had that sort of vibe about it. The people were just glad to be back racing. And so, thankfully, there's great, there's great demand for racing now, uh, as, uh, 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 hopefully, as we come out of the lockdown. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of them sports, Brian, and I've said this to my friends many times. When you go, like, and i seen that in the curry, you could see it in the papers on Sunday and, and again on Monday with some of the pictures I've seen, the people with big smiles on their faces heading in and there was a real buzz of excitement that we're getting to go back onto the track. But it's, like, horse racing's not like going to a hurling match or going to a soccer match or going to a Gaelic match where you're coming with a little bit of nerves that your team might be beaten. With horse racing in general, about 95% of the people that are going there are going there for a good day out. There's about 5% that have vested interests. Great point. Yeah, no, absolutely. And also, you're not sitting beside the same person for, for, for two hours or whatever. You know, you're you're moving around. They're called race meetings for a reason. You know, people will go there to meet people. So it's um, it's an outdoor meeting activity is the way I, 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 I describe it in, in one sense. And, and as I said, that's, you know, very consistent with what the government are trying to, uh, to, 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 to do with this summer, you know. No. Uh, so, yeah, it was great. The final question I have for you, Brian, is just just with it being an English Raider there, Charlie Appleby winning the winning the Irish Derby, it was two English horses fighting out to finish. Like, how important is that 
for for the derby itself and for the Irish derby I should say and, and, and for racing in general that we have these international raiders and not only competing but obviously winning the races I, I think that was really important Eddie uh, you know I think we, 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 we've only had I think before this we had one English winner of the derby in 27 years which shows the strength of the Irish horses there were some French winners in that time as well uh, but you know we had three English runners uh, out of 11 on Saturday uh, and there were three short you know there were, there were fancy horses short in the betting and two of them fought out the finish that was a really good result from our point of view because you know Irish horses have been very dominant in, in the UK both on the flat and, and national hunt in recent years and you know we need the com- competition the international competition to be coming over particularly for a race like the Derby so I think on this occasion we weren't uh, we, we weren't uh, unhappy to see it uh, go back uh, across the water but um, uh, you know the quality of the racing all through the day was something we were very happy with uh, and um, you know it's great just again in COVID environment to be able to see English jockeys English trainers under our protocols able to come over here and and participate so huge huge aspect of the day was the the English participation and success Eddie No Brian it's absolutely brilliant Uh, thanks a million for taking my call today Uh, you might just keep that good fight going there for as long as you can so we can get some of the Kilkenny Carlow people back out to Gorham Park they're missing it terribly but you Uh, might keep no no, uh, we're we're very conscious of that, you know. And Goran Goran has really uh, carried a huge load during the pandemic. You know, a number of the times we we we, we came back, you know, we, it was the first track back with owners. Was the first track back, uh, you know, earlier on on, on television. Uh, you know, so Goran has done more than m- many tracks around the country to uh, to uh, to carry the load in relation to uh, racing through COVID, and of course. Kilkenny Carlow is a huge area of support for racing, which is much appreciated. Uh, and of course, the trainers in that part of the country keep winning everything as well, which is another fact. <laughs> no, Brian, uh, on, on that note, we, we leave it there. I look forward to speaking with you soon and hopefully seeing you at a race meeting down the country somewhere soon. Please, God, Eddie. Thanks for, thanks for calling me. That's brilliant. That is, of course, Brian Cavan, the Chief Executive of Horse Race in Ireland. And we're going to take another ad break just there. Podcasts on KCLOR. The Clash Act. KCLOR's dedicated GAA podcast. Our biggest goal, our biggest aim when we got to senior level and we didn't achieve that, but to come back and be able to run out in Crow Park wearing the Carrie Shock jersey is dream stuff. As I said, definitely the pinnacle for me. It's the one that stands out over all, all the county medals for me. Anyway. Podcasts on KCLOR. Available now on the all new KCLOR app or wherever you get your podcasts. Download and discover today for free. Full time on KCL or so thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, LahardsVolkswagen.ie. And you're very welcome back to full time with myself, Eddie Scally there. Uh, so far on tonight's show, we've we've been very lucky enough to catch up with Willie Quinlan, who's brought us up to date with all the results from Carlow GEA at the weekend. There was a big result for the, the Carlow Miners with a big win over Wicklow. And obviously the senior footballers, uh, unfortunately, were knocked out of the championship yesterday by Longford. But Tom Mullally's hurling charges had a great win. So congratulations to both the hurling team and the, and the minor team on their big wins at the weekend. And commiserations to the senior uh, footballers on their defeat to Longford in hurling. 
Hurling Eddie Doyle brought us up to speed with all the Hurling Championship matches from the weekend just to recap them results Wexford 5-31 Leash 1 goal and 23 points Dublin 3 goals and 31 points Antrim no goals and 22 points big wins for Wexford and Dublin in them games and of course Kildare 3-16 Carlo 2-22 great win for Carlo and Tom Mullally there and that's teased them up lovely for next weekend's uh, clash with Westmead in Netwatch Cullen Park we also spoke with Brian Cavanagh tonight who was very good with his time there the Chief Executive of Horse Race in Ireland and soon to become the Chief Executive of the Curra Racecourse he takes over the Curra in October but Brian brought us up to speed with the Derby weekend which was of course won by Charlie Appleby over from England there with a winner there ridden by William Buick but it was a great race itself and it was one of the test uh, pilot events there for the Irish um, for the government there just doing the test schemes there with a thousand attending the Curra and of course this week now we see the announcement there which has been confirmed there as well that we will be allowed 8,000 to attend the double header of the Hurling at the weekend which is the Galway Dublin game and of course the Kilkenny Wexford clash both in Crow Park finally before I wrap up obviously this weekend we, we look forward to the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open which takes place in Mount Juliet Estate there from Wednesday right through until Sunday Wednesday of course is the is the first day and it's a real bit of fun there it's the Pro-Am uh, down in Mount Juliet I was looking through some of the list of names of people that will be competing in that and we're very lucky here in Kenny Henry Shefflin will be playing in the Pro-Am DJ Carey will be playing in the Pro-Am Rory McElroy's dad is down he's playing in it Johnny Sexton the rugby player so over the next few days in around the Thomastown area in around Goran and these places I'm sure we're going to see a platter of celebrities walking around the place and from everybody in KCLR and from everybody in Kilkenny and in the wider golfing community as well we wish everyone in the Mount Juliet Estate the very very best of luck with the Irish Open and I look forward to really looking back on it next weekend on next Monday night show on full time and hopefully we can have somebody like Shane Lowry having a chat with us next Monday night after with a bit of luck winning the Irish Open and that would be great or even better still if Mark Power could do it our own Kilkenny golfer but that's it for this week's full time I want to just say thanks a million to Owen Carey who again I've tortured for a full 45 minutes there uh, with delaying and pushing on for me Eddie Scally the very best of you for the whole week I look forward to seeing you all again and talking to you all again next Monday night 0% finance 100% confidence with a 212 Volkswagen Atla Hearts Volkswagen Kilkenny we have new car offers including low age PCP finance on a range of models including the all electric ID3 the iconic Golf and the new Tiguan along with service plans at $12.99 per month visit lahartsvolkswagen.ie Volkswagen. Finance provided by Volkswagen Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply.